Rodisha just started rapping before we even hit record. Wow. All right. We are back, locked and loaded. Welcome to episode eight of the TFW podcast. I am your host. My name is Matt. As I said, we got rapping Rhodesia today. <laughs> What's up? It seems like what is going on, ma'am? How are you? Happy Thanksgiving. I'm wonderful, as you can tell. I'm flowing Excellent. on this morning. Excellent. Yes, you were definitely a hit hit net. Ishan, all the way from Atlanta, GA. What is up, sir? Family, I got five hours of sleep. I'm ready to go. That's a lot of sleep for me. All right. He is he is also locked and loaded. Excellent. I don't think I got five hours. We're coming off of uh going to Dynamite Live here in Chicago last night. You guys, of course, will hear this on Friday, Black Friday. So if you celebrate Thanksgiving or if you are from the United States, happy Thanksgiving, happy Black Friday week. Uh, I do want to shout out you guys as the audience. Let me get you guys some cheers. We had uh, a fantastic week last week in terms of listeners. By far our biggest week in regards to listeners. So thank you guys for riding with us. As I said last week, hey, if you are down with us, you know what you're going to get. Some hygiene, some fun, some great wrestling talk. If you are new to the pod, sit down, relax, and you know, get you something to drink and enjoy TFW. That's freaking wrestling. So let's get right into this. Um, if you have not, of course, subscribe to the pod. You'll see the little plus button or the follow button so you get all the excellent content from the three of us. You don't miss anything. We do drop every single week on Friday mornings. This week, we're going to kind of keep it pretty streamlined. We got Full Gear and Dynamite Thoughts from this week for AEW coming off one of their big pay-per-views. MJF is a new champion. Got some cool things to talk about there. Then we'll kind of transition to it is Thanksgiving week, so we know what that is for WWE. It is a Thanksgiving week tradition. Back in the day, it used to be on Thanksgiving, so I'm I'm actually kind of excited. It's really, really close to Thanksgiving. They usually do it the Sunday before. Of course, it is uh, this week, this Saturday. We will talk war games, give our preview and predictions of what we should see from WWE's top four pay-per-views this year. So let's get right into it. Dynamite. Uh, we were there live, Rhodesia and I, so two-thirds of the TFW pod was in attendance. Uh, one thing, the first thing that I noticed last night that had been kind of missing from AEW shows, and I would love to hear from anyone that's attending an AEW show in the last year, um, it was such a fun time last night. And AEW used to be always a party. Whenever AEW came to town, it was like you were at a concert, uh, you know, just around a ton of your own, you know, your friends. And it kind of, that kind of, it didn't go away per se, but it lost a little bit of that sparkle, that spark. When you go live, last few times we've been live, still been great shows. Don't get me wrong, but you kind of missed a little bit of that fun factor. Last night was just fun. And you could tell they were having fun too. Particularly, of course, we'll get into the Elite and Death Triangle match, <laughs> which I think they played that to perfection in front of the, the Chicago crowd. I definitely troll them more than once. But uh, I I thought the show was just a a great, great, fun time. 
Isha, I'm watching it at home. Could you tell any difference from the energy from the actual show, not not the crowd itself, but from the show, or did it feel like a typical dynamite to you uh, last night? I wouldn't say it felt like a typical dynamite. Um, I felt like it's always a fun show from my experience. However, you guys certainly were very active with these chants, uh, so I'd love to hear you guys' story about how you uh, your experience. <laughs> Rhodesia, of course, you were there. Uh, you've been to. I don't think we've missed a AEW show in Chicago at all. Um, so kind of give your thoughts on, you know, what I kind of just said. Did you feel a difference from the, the energy level, the fun level? Or was it maybe just because of it was right after the pay-per-view? So you kind of had that, you know, reset gear in you that's, all right, now we're going to see brand new storylines. We're going to see, you know, we, we'll talk about the, the uh, segment in the beginning. A little disjointed. I think, you know, when you talk about uh, Moxley and Regal and then Daniel Bryan or Bryan Danielson. So we'll, we'll so get to modest. that. so modest. He said a little. <laughs> yeah, it, we'll, we'll kind of get to that. Um, it was hard to hear, too, because the crowd was off the charts in that first segment. because you So you really couldn't even hear what they were saying. But Rodizia, what, what were your thoughts on being there live? I remember talking before in our conversations that with John Moxley being there live, is just something completely different. I know maybe watching on TV, it may be the same old, same old for Moxley, but live, it's something about it is so electric. So to start off the show, we had Moxley coming out after Regal had did his entrance, and that just got me hyped. So for me, I've always felt AEW shows was always hype in person, and then to start to show off with Moxley, I've always felt Moxley was hype. When you see him in person, it's just something that you just can't um, make up. You know, it's actually like genuine. And of course, he walked pe- right past us. So I was hyped and I kind of marked out there. I think I actually tried to touch him. I almost fell out my seat trying to touch him. But I was really excited <laughs> to see Mox. But overall, the show was to me was exciting. It was fun. I actually had to watch part of it back this morning just to kind of see how it sounded on TV itself. And I actually heard some more chants on TV than I actually didn't hear live at the show. But again, it's exciting. We've always talked about how great matches are on AEW. Usually our gripes are the storylines. But again, A plus as far as the excitement at the show. And again, hopefully it came off on TV as such. Okay, very cool. So let's kind of talk about <laughs> the Elite versus Death Triangle match. Match was fantastic in regards to the story they were telling. It wouldn't have worked probably any other city than Chicago, any other state in Illinois. They picked a fantastic city to run that type of match. If you guys didn't see it, go back. The entire match was basically either trolling the crowd or trolling CM Punk. That was basically the entire match. The, the, crowd, entire was, match. the crowd was absolutely into it. We knew what was up with the crowd when Dynamite first started. And it kind of, I don't know if it really came across great on TV because they were doing the setup for the show, the announcers were. But as soon as the show started, it was a CM Punk chant. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, hey, I know what what this, I know what this night is going to be like. And boy, did everybody play their part perfectly from the crowd to the wrestlers in the ring for that six man. Allegedly, and I say allegedly because news just came out actually this morning on this was Punk's camp uh, is not happy, or they weren't happy by the shenanigans and the things in that six-man. I think that's interesting because if you saw some clips from when CM Punk did uh, commentary on the MMA 
pay-per-view a couple weeks ago, he made, you know, things, he made comments about, you know, locker room issues. And I think he even said something about his hand hurts, you know, as alluding to punching somebody. So I guess he didn't, or his camp allegedly didn't take this as fun. They took it as, hey, there's an issue. Let me throw it to you, Ishan. Seeing it on television, what was your first thought when you saw things like the GTS, when you saw the Bucks uh, getting with the crowd with the FCM Punk chants and kind of spurring it on, them playing into the uh, botched uh, Sunset Flip clothesline, Buckshot Lariat? What was, the, what was your first thought when you saw all that? Typical. Typical Young Bucks and Kenny Omega. I mean, they do all this stuff all the time. They rip the, the audience. They rip wrestlers. I mean, it, it's, a, it's a good time. It's fun. It's just. But I thought, like, man, what if this is all the work? There you right? go. What is this? All, what if, it's always a work in, in this company. Right? What if it's a work? Um, but for the overall match, I thought it was fantastic, man. But I just really want to hear you guys' thoughts because you guys are going ape out there. Rhodesia, go ahead. Give your thoughts. Uh, as far as the what really caught me now I did have a couple of drinks last night I'm not going to lie about that but when he went to go to go to sleep a oh couple, my god a, so you said a couple so it was a couple two it, it means uh, more than one so it's like a so few it, it means more than one one plus is what it's actually what it means but anyways back I, to I think I think Rudisha had a drink after every uh, commercial break so <laughs> shout out to that <laughs> she's like I had to watch the show this morning, you probably had to watch the show because you really didn't remember. But you had a great time, and that's all that matters. It was a it was a party. Thanksgiving Eve, biggest bar night, biggest of, the bar night of the year in the United States. And Rhodesia absolutely took advantage of that. Hey, no shame in my game. That's why I was flowing this morning. But when he went to do the go to sleep, I lost my mind. So playing into the crowd, again, the leap, Young Bucks, they do that perfectly. So when we always talk about, like, the tag champs, you know, who's the best tag team in wrestling – they're always going to be up there at the top because they're going to always know how to get on our nerves, how to win us over, um, us being the fans in the crowd. So they will always have that on lock. Loved it. Yeah, I think, um, and shout out to the fans too of AEW. I, I made a comment last night. We were ringside last night. So we can't, uh, where Moxley comes in at, we were right there. Uh, and there was no security. There was one security guy on the outside of the railing. So really nobody in the crowd, uh, when his music hit security guard kind of like pointed like, Hey, he's coming through this way. Fans were respectful. They didn't stand in the way. I thought that was really, really cool. Also thought it was really, really cool. At one point in that six man, Matt Jackson jumps up and he's basically on the guard rail and he's giving it to the fans about the CM Punk chance. And it was mm -hmm. just good fun. You know, there was nobody threw anything at him. Nobody jumped at him or lunged at him. And I thought that was just really, really cool from that perspective. But live, that match was, that was one of the more fun matches that I've seen live. And it was because of the interaction with the elite and the crowd. And you can just tell they were having a, a hell of a time. They were having a ball in that ring last night from the biting spot from Omega, like I said, from the botched, <laughs> Sunset. I mean, just everything they did last night was was done to garner a reaction from the Chicago crowd, and Chicago did not disappoint in that situation whatsoever. Now you talk storyline. Uh, they're down Whoa, to O buddy. now, or O two. I should what? say. What? Right? What? I, I, I don't think anybody saw yeah. that. No, not Coming. at all. To the point where I thought I was like, was did I have too many drinks? Because I'm like, did wait, hold on, wait. <laughs> Is that it? The bell ring. 
so it's gonna be interesting and fun to see what kind of story they're they're telling going forward with that. Mm-hmm. But I thought that was great. Um, so real quick to, before we kind of jump off of that, CM Punk. We've almost talked about CM Punk every single week of this podcast, but now seeing that match, seeing how it transpired, is there? Do you guys feel any differently about Punk coming back to AEW? Has that number gone up percentage wise? If you had to say, or is that number still? very much down into, hey, he's not coming back to AEW. I'm still saying zero percent. I'm going a thousand percent coming back. <laughs> I'm going a thousand percent. Look, hey, it's good business for him to come back, right? He's going to, I'm not sure what kind of buyout would look like, but, you know, it makes sense for him to kind of heal this, you know, make it mm-hmm. come back, you know, maybe CM Punk comes back as the biggest heel in their country, in, in their company. And that'll be that'll be phenomenal because obviously we don't have one. We're getting to that later on. Yeah, I think um, my number went up after last night, and I, it is two reasons why. One, I think nothing really happened. Granted, we weren't in the room, and they said it was only a handful of people that were in that room um, backstage at All Out. But nothing happened that can't be rectified. Like there was no attempted murder. Nobody went to the hospital. Uh, you know, nobody was injured to where they had to have surgery because of that. Okay, we got into a scuffle. Scuffles happen all the time in the wrestling sure. business. So I don't think mm-hmm. anything happened in that locker room that, hey, bygones can't be bygones, right? I think that uh, the only way he's not back is if he feels like he can't perform anymore at a high level. You know, maybe after he had that injury, maybe that's why he went into that whole diatribe on, you know, in that scrum where he's like, I know I'm hurt. Let me just go out on a uh, blaze of glory. Maybe that's the case. But watching that match last night, I'm like, there is so much money that can be made in this. And I said, Hey, you can do blood and guts. You know, maybe you make it to three on three blood and guts you do or four. Cause you can do uh, the elite. You can do uh hangman. And then of course, punk, you know, they have FTR. We know FTR and Punk is really close. I don't know who their fourth man would be, but how great would that be next June or next July if we're able to do a blood and guts match with that? That is guaranteed ratings, guaranteed money in their pockets. So hopefully they can all figure it out. But I did think it was fantastic. A couple other shout outs and highlights from last night. Uh, House of Black is back. I really enjoyed their presentation. You know, their last run wasn't horrendous, but, you know, they would do incredible promos, you know, great run-ins. And then when the matches happened, it seemed like they lost way more than mm-hmm. they won. So I'm hoping that this run is better from that perspective than last run. Did you guys both like their return last night? I know for sure the crowd in Chicago absolutely did. It was electrifying. Of course, I was excited because I love House of Black. So for them to re-debut at the show that I was there live at, because we didn't get MJF, but we'll talk about that later, I guess. Um, I was so excited. Let me tell you guys something. I had the quietest pop I've ever had in my life, man. And my, my mouth just was dropped. I had the biggest smile on my face. <laughs> I love when they came out. You know how much I love Malachi Black. I think Oh, man, I can't wait to see the stories they're going to tell. I can't wait to see them in the trios or whatever they're going to do. Um, and I think you guys you guys showed up for them for their return. It's kind of chaotic, the whole thing happened, but I loved every single second of it. And I think on commentary, too, uh, they made a comment right before they went to commercial break that the House of Black is putting everybody on notice. 
And so that would make sense of why they, you know, attacked both teams last night. It looks like they're maybe right now they're not going after anybody per se. They're not going after trios titles. Uh, it's just, hey, we're back and we're going to destroy everybody. So I thought that was a really good piece of business. I also really, really enjoyed Starks and Paige. And the one word that I thought about watching them work last night was pros. And granted, that was the, was that the first match? That was the first match I think we had last night on Dynamite, if I'm not mistaken. So we had sat through an hour and 15 minutes or so on dark and dark elevation and kind of, you know, a little bit of inside baseball. You could see through a lot of that work on dark and dark elevation. What I mean by that is, you know, uh, the intensity, not there as much, you know, punches, not really landing kicks, not as, you know, crisp as we would normally see on a dynamite or a Monday night raw or pay-per-views. So coming off of, you know, six, seven squash matches for the most part, and then going into that hard hitting match, they were pros in there. And I was just so impressed with both of them. The story they told uh, Ricky continually to fight underneath, you know, coming out looking like the mummy bandaged up to, to Holy hell and then fighting, you know, and, and kind of telling that story. We now know we're getting Starks and MJF at Winter is Coming. That should be a great lead up in terms of promos. I know, Ishan, you kind of talked about last week, hey, you don't see Starks in terms of the physicality piece being on that level of MJF, but you know he can cut a promo. It should be great to see us, you know, or see them, I should say, give us a little bit of uh, promo action and video packages to get us excited for that match and winter is coming. So I am excited for Starks to be able to finally get that big spotlighted match that he is so well deserved in AEW. I thought that was a big, big win. I also thought it was a fantastic win and it does kind of suck for Thunder Rosa that she wasn't there. But uh, now knowing that Jamie Hayter is no longer an interim champion and she is the champion and, and boy, oh boy, oh boy, <laughs> is she over like Rover with that crowd. One of the bigger pops of the night was for Jamie Hader. Uh, so I really enjoy that and also enjoy, too, it sounds like they talked about on commentary that uh, they're going to remove the interim title on Tony Storm as well. So now she will go into history books as being AEW champion. I think that is Wonderful. a win-win across the board. Like I said, it does suck that Thunder Rosa was not able to be there to kind of relinquish it. But I get it. You got to move on, right? She still does not have – I think now we know her return is probably way off. If they decided now, like, hey, we're going to remove that interim piece and she's still not here, it's going to be some time, I think, before we see her. I guess the question I have now, and I saw a little bit of this on the Internet last night, is Thunder Rosa back in AEW in 2023? I, You know, that whole thing with Thunder Rosa, I'm just kind of confused on. I I think it's a back injury. Is that what she's saying right now yep, or back. what they're saying? Um, and I don't, I don't know how you come back from back injury. I, I have no idea. So 2023, we are still got a month and a half of 2022. I say, yes, since she's still under contract, she'll be back in 2023. Isha? I agree. I mean, I, I think they should men and whatever differences there are. I'm not sure what exactly is going on backstage. I know she speaks very candidly on Busted Open about certain certain things happening back there. But, um, yeah, I think she'll be back. I mean, why wouldn't she be a good business for her to come back? Um, it's a big platform for her. Uh, and, hey, right before we go off of this, I do want to talk about my man, Slick Ricky. I love that they're putting him in that position. I don't want to say I didn't think he was ready from a physical standpoint. I think they need to heat him up a little bit, just put him in a uh, liminary tournament and put him in with a red-hot MJF 
wasn't the best thing for him. I think MJF is so hot, he might swelter um, Ricky. But, hey, let me give Ricky some props and say maybe he can overcome all of that. He can do a great job. I'm looking forward to seeing him do the, get the opportunity. And Hater, I love her. I love what they're doing. I love they got rid of the interim because um, it's going back to the whole Th- Thunder Rosa thing. Who knows when she's coming back? She can't defend the title. I think it's unfair to put a question mark on these ladies' hard work and their title defenses because of it. Yeah, and when you hear interim, and I like interim. It's something UFC does a ton. Interim works when the champion's going to be back soon. But every time you hear interim, for me, the first thing you think about is not a real who's champ. the real champion, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. right? So it's always, hey, interim Tony Storm, you think about Thunder Rosa. Hey, interim, you know, hater, you're going to think about, man, where's, you know, uh, Thunder Rosa at? Man, you know, so uh, I do like that they finally kind of put that to bed, and, you know, it's good to go. So. One other thing I did want to talk about, and of course we got to get to this before we get to War Games, Survivor Series, Rhodesia, you're on deck for your regal impression of War <clears> Games. <throat> That's coming up. MJF, we saw it Saturday night at Full Gear, Crown Champ. I thought it was a great piece of business. Of course, you guys listened to the show last week. We basically kind of caught it, you know, for exactly what happened. You know, he went to use the diamond ring. Regal slides him the nuts. He hits him. They leave separately for the most part. Last night on Dynamite, Regal starts to show off. He says, hey, MJF's not here. My thought of why MJF is not here, and they never promoted MJF all week on Twitter. So, of course, as a huge MJF fan, I was disappointed knowing that, you know, Wednesday morning came, we didn't get the graphic of here from MJF. I'm like, man, MJF's not going to be here. I think that was smart from one, a storyline perspective, and from where they were. If MJF shows up last night, I think he – the crowd bombards him with CM Punk chants. That's not the story right now. So if you remove him from that show, you don't have to worry about that. And then I also think, too, whatever story they're telling, and I want you guys to tell me what you thought of the opening segment, whatever story they're telling between Regal, Moxley, and Brian Danielson has to be told first before we hear from MJF. And he's kind of started that last night. Ishan, let me leave with you. What was that opening segment? Did it make sense to you? Uh, and where do you think they're going from there with those three? So when I watch AEW, I try to cut my brain off a little bit. And I try to sit there and just enjoy what I'm watching. And I thought overall it was a very enjoyable uh, segment. Um, I didn't know what the hell was going on. <laughs> like I did, I, I just assumed, you know, like the hottest wrestler in the company would be on the show in front of one of their hard, uh, hottest crowds. You know, he wasn't okay. Cool. You know, um, we didn't necessarily get an explanation. Uh, we got this thing with, you know, Brian coming out and John coming out. And then, you know, he tells William to hit the bricks. Don't ever come back. And, uh, you know, Regal complies. He gets out of the ring, and I'm not sure he's ever coming back. I don't know what's happening. I don't know what's going on. Uh, I, don't, I don't know how this thing's playing out. <laughs> I, I, have no, I have no idea, guys. I'm very curious to listen to your guys' opinion, but I will say this, though. I thought it was entertaining, and I felt like the live crowd kind of thought it was entertaining in some ways. You can correct me if I'm wrong. No, no, the crowd was hot for it because they, it, was so, it was so much heat. For Regal. And then when Mox came out, crowd popped. Uh, but Rhodesia, what was kind of your thoughts? And I'll kind of give mine after I hear from you. What, 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 did, what did you take away from that opening segment? Did it make sense to you being there live? And what did you take from it? 
Um, so yeah, I wrote down the, with the questions you just asked, does it make sense what I thought about it and where we're going with kind of the, um, Danielson piece there. I thought that it was William Rico did a masterpiece or it was a masterful explanation. First off, I think isn't MJM, MJF filming something. Yeah. He's filming a movie. So if I'm going to take that for what that is, then he couldn't show up last night for whatever reasons, whether it's his filming or again, does it make sense to put him in front of that Chicago crowd? I don't know if I'm going to take it for that. William Rico did, I think, perfect. He came out because we, it had to be addressed. Someone had to show up um, on, you know, full, sorry, on dynamite to explain what happened at full gear. Someone had to, and he did. And he said, Hey, next week when um, MJF comes back, I sent him an email, but that's his story to tell. So he's going to come and explain what happened. I think he did that perfectly. Now to the Brian Danielson piece, I felt that it was so heartfelt to me. He pretty much just told Mox, hey, don't kill the guy. Don't touch him. Listen, I know that he deserved to get his ass whooped right now. He does, but you can't do that. He has a bad neck. He has bad knees. And pretty much he's just trying to say, hey, the whole, he's like, I don't want to say father figure, but William Regal helped him get through some of that, the pain that he had with his father passing. So I think that was perfect. I thought, hey, if it's more to that story of how they're going to break up the group, you know, I'm there for it. I do think that there should probably be something more after that. But as far as does it make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. It makes sense. Where are we going? Don't know yet. And overall, I actually like that, that segment a whole lot. Okay. What about you, Matt? Yeah. And I think, um, I thought the segment was okay. It was really good live. On TV, I can see why somebody was like, man, that was kind of a waste. The segment to me kind of felt like, though, okay, MJF's not going to be here this week. What Can we do anything to further along the world title story? And that was what they came up with. Just kind of, if I had to guess real quick, that's what it felt like to me. Because when Mox says, hey, leave, don't ever come back. Is he talking about just the group? Was he talking about AEW? Because if he told Regal to leave the company and they'll never come back, do we get Regal hollering they war games, games this Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> that's the first thing I thought. That's what my thing was. Yeah. yeah. That's, 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 I'm like, don't ever come back. I mean, that's pretty broad, right? Like, <laughs> for sure. So, like I said, we'll see. But, man, Mox, take your vacation, dude. Please. Please. It was great seeing Please. you last night. But go. Go. Enjoy yourself. Spend some time with your daughter. Enjoy the holidays. You have definitely well-deserved time mm-hmm. off. So overall, like I said, I give Dynamite two thumbs way up live perspective overall for a show after the pay-per-view. And they have so many great stories they can tell. I know they really didn't follow up too much with Swerving Our Glory. They did a really quick video package. I think that story is going to be fantastic to tell. I think whoever Jamie's first challenger is, that story's going to be fantastic to tell. Where does Britt fall into it? We saw last night she took the microphone before Jamie could, could speak. I think that's going to be really cool to see. They, they just have so much that they kind of have in the chamber. And let's not forget, too, yeah, they have winners coming in a few weeks. They don't have another pay-per-view for five months. So now when we Ooh. talk about being able to tell long, drawn-out stories, this is that time period where they're not – shotgunning well besides our always pay-per-view here in a few weeks but they're not having to worry about shotgunning anything to get to a pay-per-view so i am really really excited about that speaking of pay-per-view war games is this saturday i do have to say i am not enjoying raw right now i haven't been enjoying raw for about three weeks i've been kind of just dealing with it and not bringing it up but 
uh, last Monday or this past Monday, about 90 minutes in, I looked at my watch and I'm like, oh my God, we have another hour and a half to go of this show. I think SmackDown is arguably the best wrestling show on television right now. So shouts out to WWE and Triple H's team and Triple H for really doing some awesome, fun things on SmackDown. And it's more than just the bloodline. You know, it's easy to say, oh, it's because the bloodline's there. No, they're doing some really cool things there, you know, with the tournament, things of that nature. But Raw is a struggle to watch. We are no longer getting our intelligence insulted watching WWE. And that's great because that was a big, big thing, you know, with the 24-7 title and some of the storylines and some of the promo packages that we were getting. And then some of the, you know, we watched the same match 15 weeks in a row and they don't bring up that. You know what I mean? So it was a lot of that going on before Triple H took over. We're not seeing that, but it's just a lot of wrestling that you kind of don't care about on Raw right now. And like I said, and really what kind of dawned on me was watching that show and it's the go home show for Raw. Yes, they have the go home show for SmackDown this week, which we know probably is going to be really, really good. But for that to be the go home show for a top four pay-per-view of the year, I thought it it was a dud on Raw. I don't know, Ishan, how much of Raw you watched. Radija, I'm not sure how much you kind of you watched. We haven't talked about it. But before we get into War Games, overall thoughts on Raw. Like, am I completely off? Like, am I off my rocker here? Are you guys enjoying it? Are you guys also not enjoying it? Just kind of what's your thoughts there? I think when we had the first week, so I guess that probably would be three weeks ago, where Raw was like, hmm, all right, we're going to let each get that one. You know, I think since then, it's kind of been kind of a dud. Watching Raw this week, I definitely didn't feel like it was a go-home show. Um, I, maybe because I was still high off of full gear. Um, and then, of course, now for Dynamite that we were at last night, um, the go-home for Raw is not there. And to your point about a lot of wrestling, I went back to watch Raw again, and there was two matches where they went on for three segments. That right there is just like, whoa, that is a lot of wrestling. Now, they were maybe actually truly wrestling for two of those segments. And the first segment was just some talking. But the point is, it was two matches like that that I saw. And as I'm fast forwarding through it, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't remember it being, you know, three segments. But that makes perfect sense of why how I am not as engaged with it. I still watch it because I want to be able to do my part and talk kind of intelligent about this business, uh, but raw go home show. Uh-uh, this is, that's not it. I know there's what one, two, five matches on the card. So maybe they feel like just the war games itself is going to be enough. To get oh, no, to watch. no, 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 no. <laughs> if, you, if you're going to do it, like, what was that? <clears throat> war games. All right. There better? you go. Yes, All right. much but the point is, Raw, nah, uh y'all got to come better than that uh, for a go home show. That was that was a D actually. But again, we still have SmackDown, and to your point, SmackDown has been hitting again. It's a two hour show over a three hour show. Um, that has, I would imagine, a lot to do with it since the same creative on both you know sides. But I'm really hoping that for SmackDown this week, they are going to make us feel like okay, yeah, I'm definitely watching War Games. Man, it's a tough crowd over there in Chicago. Goodness gracious. Watch that. He I says would, that. He says that he'd be like, I, I really didn't watch the show, but <laughs> watch, watch, watch. <laughs> oh, I watched the entire show. I watched the entire show. Um, I thought it was a lot of like on that show. I thought I, I, I love the continuing story of theory. 
Man, I, I wasn't really into Theory at all since he's been up to the main roster. But, I mean, he, they're making me care about it. I like the new persona, I like the new serious Theory. I love it. Uh, Bobby had an amazing show in the game on the microphone. Um, I thought he did a really good job. What's going on with Ali, man? He just comes out and gets his ass with every single man. week, right? Like, where's this going? I'm interested. Um, you know, like, we're, we're seeing Mi Chen, right? We're, we're seeing nope, her. It's I, Mia Yim again. It's Mia Yim officially. They changed it. Thank they goodness. changed it I'm back all for, again. I'm all for nicknames, but they, <laughs> they they did it. Corey Graves, I think he slipped up a couple times because he would say her name, then he would say Meechin right after that. And then on .com, it was Meechin, and then when you clicked on her name, they switched it to Mia Yim, and now it is just Mia Yim across the board. So I think she's sticking with that as a nickname, but I am so glad they didn't change her name. That is a complete and utter disconnect if you do that. So shout out to, to them for seeing like, hey, we can use that as a nickname, but that cannot be her full real name. I thought that was I was like, why did they change her name? Like they yep. gave Austin Theory his name back. They gave right, right. their name back, and all of a sudden, <laughs> Mia Yim comes back, and she's somebody different. Very interesting because I just saw her interview when she described where the name came from. So that's very interesting that you guys said that. Um, and it came from her mom, right? Wasn't her mom that nicknamed her that when she was? Yeah, like, I think younger? it's uh, crazy in Korean or something. I think it means. Um, I, I, I might I might have that wrong, but some kind of nickname. Um, but yeah, I thought there was a lot of, a lot of things like on the show. But I will tell you this: for the past couple of weeks, I fast forward <laughs> through those three long through those <laughs> long matches. I am not a 25, 30 minute match guy, TV match guy for WWE. Um, I'm not about that life. Um, I've honestly fast forwarded through the um, Miz and Johnny Gargano segments. I did not see um, Johnny Russell Omos. I mean, I was not interested in that. So when we talk about the the show, you know, I'm back to fast forward through things. However, as you said, I don't think there are things that insult me. It's just not things I'm interested in. So it's a look, three hours is a long time to watch. Mm -hmm. Right. And they're doing this every single week. That's the one thing that we as fans, we don't give these wrestling shows and these promoters, enough credit they're giving us new original content every single week so when we talk about aw and we say the stories aren't there i mean tony's doing this every single week with no off time right trip waste is doing this as well he has a new team in place that can probably help him creatively but again it's a grind have to put on a three-hour show each and every week without being repetitive like we were getting for years under vince's watch Mm-hmm. Um, so with that being said, um, I feel I do think that the the build to this pay per view from that show particularly, it didn't seem like a go home show. I, I wasn't that hype on the event or much more invested on the event after watching that show. Um, so there is something to be said for that. And I would love for anybody who feels differently, let us know. Either hit us up on Twitter or you know leave a comment on YouTube or on the pod. I'm just kind of looking at the the card here. We do have five matches. Three out of mm-hmm. the five our raw talent. So maybe if it was the opposite, you would say, okay, well it's because the big push is going to come, you know, Friday on, on SmackDown. Mm, I don't think so. I do think these matches are going to be fantastic. Let's get right into it. So we do have war games this Saturday, of course, on Peacock. We have, uh, let's start with the triple threat United States championship matches. They just announced. Oh, on buddy. Monday. Seth Rollins versus Bobby Lashley versus the new and improved Austin theory. Who you guys got on this one? They just announced this one Monday. It was not a triple threat match. It is a triple threat match now. Rhodesia, let's start with you. Who do you have in this match and why? Definitely it's going to still be Seth Rollins. He's going to still retain it. He is just so clever. 
So whatever Bobby Lashley hot-headed self does or whatever Austin Theory think that he's smarter than Seth, Seth is always going to outsmart whoever's in the ring. I'm going with Seth Rollins. But that match, I think, has the potential to steal the show for sure. Actually, let me go on the record and say there's only really one match that I think won't steal the show. I think the other four matches has a possibility <laughs> to be. <laughs> I think we all know which match you do not think will steal the show. I hope so, that but I don't the think show, so. And this is no knock on them. But if that match still is not the at show, all. this will be the worst Survivor Series in the history of WWE. Sheesh. And I'm never going to say what match we're talking about. Just so if we're wrong, we still look like we're smart. But yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Isha. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Seth Rollins um, winning this one. But I think there's some, int- some very interesting stories coming out of this. I think they did a really good job. I mean, Bobby still looks very, very strong. Uh, I'm still hoping for a Hurt Business reunion. I hope we get that man. in the near future. Um, you know, but look, I, like I said, I, I was not really a big fan. Th- Honestly, I wasn't really a big Theory fan when he came to NXT, to be honest with you. I, I had this, once, once he got to the company, he, I just wasn't really invested in the character. However, I love what they're doing with the character right now. Seth is on a roll right now, right? So he can't lose that role. Um, so it seems like he will be the winner. Um, in some type of way, uh, maybe Ali comes in and messes something up, and us he's he's and he somehow gets pinned. <laughs> right, he's not even he's not even part of the match. <laughs> like, and I know who's gonna pin strong. him. I know who's gonna pin him. Bobby's gonna pin him. <laughs> Bobby, oh my god, man, that is hilarious. Um, you know what's funny about theory? This is closer to the theory that was on the Independence and Evolve. Th- this version of theory when he was with Priscilla Kelly. Uh, so. I love to see it. I'm going to go Seth too. You look at it and say, and this is why I am really excited for war games. I can make an argument that either person can win in the majority of these matches, except for the main event. I think the main event is as clear cut as humanly possible can be, but uh, I'm going to go Seth just because he is hot right now. It's interesting. He did cut a hill promo Monday, but he's still a face. So I thought that was kind of interesting, but you look at it on paper and say, you know, can should Bobby lose? I don't think he should lose. Should Theory lose? No, he shouldn't lose. So it is going to be fun and interesting to see how they get out of it. But I do have Seth still retaining the U.S. championship coming out of uh, Saturday. Let's go into uh, what the Internet is super excited about, and that's AJ Styles versus Finn Balor. I don't think we've had this match one-on-one in WWE yet at all, which is crazy when you think about that. This match should be incredible. I am taking Finn Balor, though, to win. I think AJ Styles is ice cold, and it's not nothing against him, maybe, but I think he's been ice cold since WrestleMania. When they forced that edge heel turn for no reason because he just wanted a match, and then uh, AJ stepped up and said, I'll I'll fight you, and then he kind of just started going crazy and turned heel. I think AJ's been... Ice cold since. Now, granted, I also know that he really hasn't won. I think it's been a while since he's won on pay-per-view. But you look at Seth. Seth went a while without winning on pay-per-view, and he was still as hot as ever. Uh, But I do think that Finn and Judgment Day is a big piece to Raw, and I think that they keep the momentum going after Saturday. So I do have uh, Finn Balor winning against AJ Styles. Eastside, who you got? You know, I'm going to go just quickly say I think that uh, AJ Styles is going to win. Only because, like, just to piggyback on what you said, he's been ice cold. I think the entire OC has been ice cold. I, I don't think – I feel like um, 
I was a fan of the Good Brothers before they left, and I thought they had a lot of personality, and they didn't really get to show it on TV. They come back, and I feel like they're getting kind of slotted right in that position. They don't talk very much. They kind of just stand there looking like goofs. Um, AJ hasn't really – he hasn't really done it in a while. And I thought that – I don't know. Maybe he should have joined Judgment Day just to kind of get a, a character refresh for him. Um, so I, I feel like, man, he can't lose this because he's going to get – he's going to become more of Ice Cube, right? Yeah, I mean, I think um, – Possibly. Yeah. I, you know, I mean, the, the, to me, the best thing about the OC is Mia Yim. I think she looks great with them. Like Monday, I was like, yeah, that's who she is. That is what she should be. That retribution stuff, get that completely out of here. Scrub that from our minds 100%. But yeah, I mean, I have not been really into the OC and the Good Brothers being back, you know. Uh, but yeah, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rodeja. I think that AJ Styles is going to win to that point of you brought the, you got the OC together now. You brought back the Good Boys. Um, you got Mia Yim. So, so much energy is being placed into this faction. The Judgment Day, they're solidified. They're great. They're good when they're on TV. You do want to watch it. So for me, I believe that AJ Styles is going to win just because there's been so much energy put into the OC that what would be the point of all that energy being there for AJ to lose again? And they know that he's ice cold right now. I think he's been ice cold before WrestleMania, um, but I think AJ is going to win for that point. Okay. Excitement level for that match? Are you guys feeling like this is a dream match? Like a legit, like, man, I can't wait to see this? Or are you kind of indifferent to it? I'm really excited. Like I said, there's four matches here on this card that I think can steal the show. And wow, we're, I think, in store for some amazing wrestling. Amazing wrestling between the two of them. For me, um, I, I, I'm the opposite of... Uh of a, on Finn for AJ. I think that Finn is doing some of the best character work he's done in his WWE career. Um, so I'm, I've always decided to see what he's doing. I think it's going to be a great match. Cause like I said, I don't, I don't think they've wrestled before. I don't either. Ever, yep. Right. I don't think we've seen it. So I think it's, we're going to, it's going to be a great match. Um, I think that Finn can take a pin, um, but he's, he's, I think he's doing a phenomenal job right now. Phenomenal one. Oh, okay. I like it. All right. Let's go to the SmackDown Women's Championship. Ronda Rousey, who is your champion versus Shotzi. Rodizia, this is a women's match, so I'll throw it to you first. Who you got? I want or I want Shotzi to win. I think Ronda is gonna win. I Shotzi, she's been showing every I've I've always liked her, even from NXT. I've always liked her. She's a little bit um unhinged. She rem- reminds me a lot of John Moxley. Um, I like the character, I like her style. She's kind of off her rocker, but in such a good way. She has heart when she fights. I do want Shot- Shotzi to win, but I just don't see how she can beat Ronda Rousey, especially if you have Shayna Baszler um, down with Ronda Rousey. I, I just don't know how she's going to actually win. But I want her to win. But I'm she wanted her to win, Rousey. but you got Rousey, right? Yep. Got you. Okay. Ah, oh, guys. I just don't care about this match. Um, I think that the entire women's division of SmackDown needs to be revamped. Uh, I, I'm not interested in seeing Shotzi win or lose in this match. I'm not interested in seeing Ronda win or lose in this match. Um, I'm not sure exactly what needs to be done on that. Maybe this this might be a great time for them to reorganize that women's roster um, in the near future. But I'm I'm just not invested in the whole storyline. I'm not invested in Ronda's title reign here. 
Um, I don't know if we have Charlotte coming back on Horizon in this match, or uh, I don't think she, I don't know if she's the answer. I, I just honestly, guys, I just don't have an opinion very strongly. I, I mean, I like both girls, as you said. I, I like Shotzi. I, I like Ronda. It's just together on in this division right now. It's not doing it for me. Hey, real quick, Matt, before you respond, yeah, I'm just having an epiphany. Maybe it's Ronda. Let's be honest here. Even when she was going against Liv, I felt like. I didn't care so much about that match. Um, I wasn't really invested in Liv. And I'm wondering, the same thing with the Shotzi thing here. I wonder if it's because of Ronda being the other person on the side, the other side. If it was another stronger woman, not mean stronger in strength, but stronger as far as character right. um, and more engagement in the fans. I wonder if I would have felt better about Liv's title and how Maybe. I would feel for Shotzi. I think so. And I think with Ronda, like, I don't even know who she is. I right don't now. either. I just know that she's friends with Shayna Baszler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like you kind of you look at who she like. Who is Ronda Rousey right now? Ronda Rousey before was this badass MMA chick that came in and could do everything. And like now, I don't know who she is. So okay, so her and Shayna are friends. She accompanies her to ringside. Like okay. I, I I don't get it, and I, I I used to be a really big Rousey fan. Same um, here. And and once again, like it's going to take them time to rebuild. Like you can't rebuild everybody in a month, in two months. I get that, but you have to look at Ronda where she's at, and you got to imagine Triple H is like, man, we got to get her back to where she was before. I do know there was a uh, statement. I forgot who said it. Somebody said it that Vince never looked at Rousey as a Brock Lesnar type character which is really interesting because in my opinion, he should have looked at her like a Brock Lesnar type character. Now, if she is who she can be and Shayna is who she should be, then yeah, there's probably not any women in WWE that can beat them. You know, if you look at it right. kind of like a realistic, real type Fighting. situation. Yeah. yeah. But like, I don't know who she is. So I'm going to go with Rhonda on this one too. Uh, I do think it's interesting that Shotzi still has not shown anything that she can do on the main roster. I think that her confidence was broken by the prior regime when mm-hmm. they took away her tank. Uh, it was like two or three episodes in a row where she was the already in the ring wrestler. She didn't yep. even get an entrance on television. We all know if you come back from commercial and you're already in the ring, you're on the outs. You something happened either backstage or yeah. they're not checking for you right now. She was the already in the ring person at that time. And I think they kind of broke her spirit a little bit. I think it broke her confidence. Hopefully she gets it back. But it will be interesting to see kind of what comes out of this. You know, Shotzi loses. What's next for her? If Ronda wins, what's next for her? You know, you you made a comment about Ishan, you made a comment about Charlotte. Um, it's time if she's healthy. But we'll see. We'll see. Let's look into uh war games. Let's start with the women's match. So on the heel side, we got damage control, Nikki Cross and Rhea Ripley. On the face side, we have Mia Yim, Alexa Bliss, Asuka, and Bianca Belair, because we do not know who the TBA is to be announced on SmackDown this week. Ishan, I'm going to leave with you before we go into um, who's going to win that match. Who is the fifth member? Of Team Bianca. I don't think it's Sasha, guys. I just don't think it's Sasha, to be honest with you. I agree. I, yep. I know we talked about it a week ago, um, but, you know, I thought that if if you're going to bring Sasha back, I feel like it has to be at a bigger show. 
you know, like a SummerSlam would have been. Maybe a Royal Rumble might be. Really? Really? Um, I feel like you bring her back, you have to bring her back in a bigger show. That's something, uh, you know, SummerSlam, had, I mean, SummerSlam, SummerSlam. Survivor Series hasn't been one of their bigger uh, shows in a while, not to me at least. I don't think this is something you do. And you still were like in a five-man match that you announced right before the pay-per-view. Um, I feel like you you hold off on that. So I'm going to go with either Candice LeRae or a returning Tegan Knox. Wow. Okay. All right. You're going, I, I like that. You're going outside the box on Tegan. I think Candice is probably, if we were doing like legit betting odds, I think she's like probably number two on there. So real quick, let's kind of go back to the Sasha piece though. So you don't think... Uh, being in Boston, which is her hometown, Survivor Series, which is a top four pay-per-view with war games, you still don't think that's big enough, huh? You still would say like, hey, that's not a big enough show. Let's wait off until the Rumble. Because at this point, I think we all agree she's come back eventually, WWE, right? Do we all agree with that? I agree with that, yeah. Eventually? Okay. So are, are you thinking even with that being in her hometown, this being the first ever war games match on the main roster, still not big enough for her, huh? I think that whenever she comes back, it, it has to be clear intention of what's next for her, right? And I, I think okay. this throwing her in a in a ten women's match and kind of like I don't say it's a garbage match, but it's definitely a hardcore match at, at least in, in a lot of points. I feel like the, she needs to come back and make a true bank statement. And again, for me, I thought that the two of them had left together, they'd be back together in some kind of way, um, at least for the short short term. Um, so I'm looking for someone else other than her. But again, if she comes back, you know, I'll be pleasantly surprised. I've been a huge Sasha Banks fan since day one. Um, so I love to see her whenever she comes back. If it comes back this Saturday, that's an early Christmas gift for me. Awesome. All right. All right. Who you got as uh, the TBA? Before I say that, I feel a little bit insulted. Um, you mentioned earlier, you said that the or you implied the men war games is the main event. Right? Is that what you implied a little earlier? Who, me? You said, yeah. If Roman's on the show, Roman's the main event. Okay. So do you not remember Maria said that the main event of War Games is the women's? Do you hear what I war just games? said? Whatever. If Roman's on the show, Roman's the main event. They could start. They could start it and let the ladies finish. Okay. Point is, <laughs> I think the fifth. I think the fifth person <laughs> is going to be Becky Lynch, but they are going to crap on it if it's not Bianca. I'm sorry, um, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks should be there. She should be the fifth one. It is her hometown. It is a big enough stage for her to return. I think that it makes only sense that she should return. But at the end of the day, my betting person would be Becky Lynch. Okay. Yeah. No, I have Becky as number one. And I actually have Candice as number two. If you go back to the promo on Monday, Bianca says uh, that Damage Control has made a lot of enemies. Both Candice and Becky fit that narrative of having enemies. And I think that's why they were announcing the fifth member on Friday. When they said that they were going to announce it on SmackDown, that was when I knew without a 100% fact, it's not going to be Sasha. You wait until... If it was Sasha, you don't mention it, and you get that massive pop from her hometown on Saturday. So it, it, I don't think it will be Sasha. But I do think that um, we'll still get a Sasha Banks chant, I'm sure. But if it is Becky and they announce it on Friday, that Boston crowd is going to be still super, super excited to see her. Uh, I do think it will be a little bit of a letdown if it is Candace. As much as I like Candace, 
I do think it'd be a little bit of a letdown if it is Candice LeRae. So let's get into who's winning this match and why. Ishan, let's go back back to you on that one, man. Who's winning that match? I'm going with the heels on this one. I think that uh, you're going to see a uh, Rhea Ripley pin on this one to set up some type of feud or match for the future. Okay. I'm going with the ladies. Um, the ladies, of course. Excuse I'm going me? with the, the faith, the face ladies. Excuse me? <laughs> I'm going with the ladies. <laughs> Sorry, I was I looking at my notes drunk. for the men's Hey, shout game. out to... Uh, oh, yeah, she's still drinking. Yeah, she's still drunk, man. Like... <laughs> I'm going with the ladies. All right, that's a good call. I'm going with the guys in the main event. All right, guys, thanks. This is a great episode. Talk to you soon. I was wow. looking at my men's notes, okay? Bro, did you put that bottle down? Seriously. <laughs> it is holiday weekend, but we got, we got to finish the pot. You said I'm going with the ladies. That is incredible. Oh, the, I'm going with the good ladies is what I'm trying to say here. I know that the bad ladies has the advantage um, from the match with um, Rhea and Asuka from last mo- Monday on Raw. But I'm going to say that the faces are going to win. Team Bianca is going to win. I think that fifth person is going to have something to do with the win because it, it's going to, in my opinion, either going to be Becky or Sasha Banks. So for me, I'm going to go with the good ladies. Hmm. This is a toss up. This is a real toss up. Um. Hmm. Give me, give me damage controls team. Um. I don't know why I picked them, and I'm just looking. I think we're going to get some significant storylines from this, though. I think it is time for something to happen. With Alexa Bliss, albeit a hill turn, albeit she breaks from Asuka and Bianca after this, it's time for something there. I think that we're going to spur into some Mia Yim, Rhea Ripley singles matches from this afterwards. But then you look at that TBA. If it's Becky, do you have Becky's team lose the first time she shows up? If it's Candice LeRae, you can get away with beating, you know, that team. Um but yeah, I'm gonna I'm go. I'm gonna go damage control. And the only reason why I'm going damage controls team is because I think the main event is such a no brainer on who wins. So let's get into that. We have the Bloodline for the first time ever tagging up together against Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, the Brawling Brutes, and Kevin Owens. I think I am so excited for this match. I think they're going to do some fantastic things in this match. And I also think that this is the start of the Bloodline showing cracks in the foundation. This match, I have the bloodline losing with probably Sammy getting pinned. And this takes the Jay Uso, Sammy Zayn storyline to the next level. This takes Kevin Owens and starting his relationship back with Sammy to the next level. I think this is the perfect story match where you can get the bloodline to lose. You can get Roman to lose. He's not going to take the pin. And who knows if we even see Roman again until the Rumble. I, I think they canceled December's pay-per-view. Do we have a WWE December's pay-per-view? I'll check that uh, while you guys are talking. I don't think so. We know they canceled day one. I believe the next premium live event is the Rumble. So that gets that time to to, to start up. So uh, I do have um, Sheamus, Drew McIntyre, Brawling Brutes, and Kevin Owens winning this match. And also I think this is also a big, big, big stepping stone for Kevin Owens versus Roman Reigns before, you know, we get to the road to WrestleMania. Ishan, who you got on this one? 
I'm going to go ahead and book this one. I forgot to do it on the last one, on the last match. But uh, here's here's what's going to happen. Sammy's taking the pin, just as you said. He's taking the pin for the team. And at the end of that match, he's going to look up to the tribal chief. He's going to beg for the for forgiveness. Warmer Reigns is going to look at him. He's going to walk away from him. It's going to set up Jay and Jimmy to turn on Sammy. Next SmackDown. Maybe not this SmackDown this week, but a SmackDown. A SmackDown? <laughs> And, and of course, I, I'm guessing soon. with that, you got KO coming in and saving Sammy, right? Absolutely. And they're going to lead to a tag team match at Mania. That's what I'm going with. So I'm going to go with the guys on this one. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Keep it going. <laughs> I'm glad you didn't go with the women. That would have been a whole other topic of conversation. <laughs> she got it all. <laughs> it's an intergender war games. Anyways, I'm going to go with Team Sheamus on this one. Um, You've got some really strong dudes over there. Not saying on the other side you don't have strong dudes, but again, what we're seeing out of Sheamus just this last, what, four months, three months, it's incredible. Uh, What we're seeing with Drew has been good. And I actually think that I get what Charles was saying, that Sam is going to get the pin or Sam is going to be pinned. But I really actually see Kevin Owens pinning to win. So with that theory, I think someone's, well, one of us is definitely years off, but I actually see Kevin Owens winning the war games, to be honest with you. But again, to who? the point of, I don't know, but I really like Sammy taking it because that's kind of the start of the demise of the bloodline. But I think it's the ripings for Kevin Owens to actually get the win. But I'm interested to see. This match is going to be so much fun to watch because mm-hmm. they can do so many cool, awesome things with it. Just what you just said. We're talking mm-hmm. about who's taking the pin. I mean, like, this this is going to be, I think this is the match we'll be talking about from a storyline perspective next week significantly. Maybe not in terms of best match on the card from a work rate perspective. And it could be, look at the talent that's in this match. I mean, you got arguably one, two, three, four, five, six seven you have seven hall of famers right now if everybody retired in that match they were all retired right now you got seven hall of famers in that match so that i think that's going to be incredible so i am man i I am jacked for this match 10 out of 10 excitement level for this match and the show overall things will be really really good so excited to see it this weekend on peacock anything else on war games uh aw wwe anything else you guys want to bring up before we get into our tfw moment of the week no let's get it guys let's go all right so uh radisa hit your jingle for me it was such a hit last week we got to get it again oh gosh let me think about it it's tfw moment of the week doom there it is uh mine's i got the elites interaction trolling the chicago crowd on dynamite this week it was just fun and when we talk about wrestling it should be fun and that was fun the wrestlers were having fun. The crowd was having fun. I'm sure CM Punk fans probably weren't having fun. So that is absolutely not the TFW moment of the week if you are a super CM Punk fan. But if you're not, that was it for me. Uh, once again, if you have not seen it, go back and see it. Uh, super great. And that is, you know, and once again, in my opinion, that you can take something that really happened that's real life and use it in wrestling, and it makes sense to the match. So kudos to everybody involved. Uh, that is my TFW moment of the week. Radija, we go second to make Ishan cry uh, for third. So what you got? All right. So you stole all my thunder on Ricky Stark winning the Eliminator champ- um, tournament. So that was mine. I had to change it mid 
podcast here. So I'm going with Eddie Kingston versus June Akiyama. Uh, him wrestling his idol. That's him a great one. Being able to go in the ring with him, the emotions you felt when he fought him. So you're oh about my from the goodness! Uh, from from this past Saturday, correct? Oh yeah, it was on the buy-in. Yeah, correct. Yep. From Full Gear, um, it was. It's just amazing to know that hey, you've looked up and you idolize this person your whole life, and you got to get in the ring with them and and go at it. What? How incredible is that to be able on both sides of it, even on Akiyama's side and on. Um, Eddie Kingston side. My TFW moment of the week, being able to live out your dreams and wrestle your idol. Bravo. Yeah, that was a really good one. That was a really great moment. And what a way to to to, to close that buy-in to get people hyped for the, the pay-per-view. <laughs> to have Eddie <laughs> Kingston come out there damn near crying. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, yo, go yep. buy the then he's hyping the <laughs> Like that was just an overall great match. You know, him trying to hype the crowd up. He's like, what do got? 30 <laughs> seconds? Oh, I gotta go. It's a review. Like, that's just an amazing moment, right? So that was a great pick. Um, I'm gonna stay in AEW. My moment was uh Jamie Hader. I'm a super hater. I'm a super hater. Like I, I love that woman as soon as she came into that company. I, I saw something with her. I love her style. I love we're gonna start seeing her on the mic more. I love her as a champion. To be honest with you, it was a complete surprise that she actually won. And not only did she win, she won big, and she's the not the just the interim champion. She is the AEW women's Woo-hoo. champion. Man, I wish look, I'm gonna reach out to Jamie and her team to see if I can at least get her music to play for like five seconds on the show. Just give me five seconds because her, right. her music and that way that beat just drops, man. I just hit out the hands in the air every time I hear it. I love hearing it that night as she won and put that championship in the air. Great moment for me. For me, that was that that was freaking wrestling. Agree one hundred percent with all of your guys' thoughts. But there you have it, guys. Another successful episode of the TFW podcast. Let's get some plugs in real quick for the podcast. Please subscribe, of course, so you can get the new episode sent right to you every single week. While you're there, be so kind and leave a five-star rating. Leave some comments. Let us know what you think of the topics we have, and let us know what you want us to talk about going forward, all right? Also, give us a follow on Twitter at That's FNW. We are very active over there. And then we also do have YouTube if you want to see our pretty faces. Subscribe there. All right, so you can see video clips from this and other episodes at That's Freaking Wrestling. Once again, happy Thanksgiving. If you do, if you are from the United States and you do celebrate Thanksgiving and Thanksgiving week, once again, we are all thankful for you guys being on this ride with us on the TFW podcast. We will talk to you next week.